Welcome in to Outkick the Show. A little bit of a different vibe on today's show because I am out in LA. I'm doing this from my hotel room before I run over to the lot. A wild uh, day, late night arrival in LA, but I got a lot of stories to hit with you. I hope wherever you are across this great nation, across this great land, that you are having a fantastic start to your day. And I hope that you are in better spirits than the Tennessee Titans are, who got absolutely crushed at home. We're going to get to that in a minute, uh, but we begin with congratulations to the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans went on the road, they took on the blood bank guarantee, and the Titans didn't show up. They made, uh, I think, a the Texans did a division-winning play, uh, which was incredible. Titans are going in to go up 7-0, and uh, Ryan Tannehill drops back to pass, hits his tight end as he's going in for what should have been a touchdown. Uh, The ball gets popped out, doesn't just get knocked loose, gets knocked directly into an interception, which gets returned 90 yards. Effectively, that was a 14-point swing, and I think that was the game. Uh, Titans also missed a field goal, dropped a pass that should have been a first and goal. And as a result, Texans win. And the Titans, now that I believe the AFC South has been won by the Texans, are actually in an interesting position. On Saturday, arguably, Titan fans need to now be rooting for the Texans to win so that the Texans rest all of their starters in the final week of the season and give the Titans a chance to make the playoffs. I don't believe it will happen because the Titans exist to make you sad. That's basically the entire reason why the franchise exists. But if you want the best case scenario, the best case scenario that can happen going forward would be, in my mind, uh, certainly the Titans could win two in a row and the Texans could lose two in a row, but I'm not even going to begin that that's possible. If the Texans beat the Bucs, they win the AFC South. They have no reason to play. And right now the Titans are tied with the Steelers. If the Steelers lose to either the Jets or the Ravens and the Titans beat the Texans, then the Titans would be in as the sixth seed in the playoffs. So I think that's probably the most likely pathway for the Titans to the playoffs. Let me repeat that. It doesn't matter what the Titans do against the, uh, against the Saints, probably. If they beat the Texans, and the Steelers lose to either the Jets or the Ravens, then they're in. Somebody said need the Colts to lose. Colts are going to lose tonight. Uh, So anyway, that's the most likely pathway now that the Titans have choked into the playoffs. Congratulations on the Texans. They went on the road, and they won a big game in a tough environment with the Titans on a roll. Titans choked. Texans didn't. Texans win the AFC South, in my mind. Congratulations, Bills Mafia. After 20 years, it's been 20 years since the Bills won 10 or more games. They locked in a playoff spot last night with a win on the road against the Steelers. I love this defense. City of Buffalo deserves it. Again, uh, 20 years since they won uh, 10 games. The Bills now slotted, if the season were ending today, to go up against the Texans in the 4-5 matchup. Uh, in the AFC playoffs, the uh, the three matchup versus six would be either the Steelers or the Titans. 
against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's if you're trying to keep score at home. Congratulations to the Bills. Here's the deal with the Steelers. I like Devlin Hodges. I just I don't think this offense for the Steelers, as good of a job as Mike Tomlin has done this year, they just have no offensive production. And the, as good as Duck has been, the idea that Mike Tomlin would have this success without Ben Roethlisberger, without James Conner for much of the season, and without, again, last, last night, Juju Smith-Schuster, is, I think, an incredible testament to how well things have been going uh, for Mike Tomlin in terms of his coaching job. We'll see what happens on the road against the Jets. But again, to me, the big story, the Bills find a way to win. How about the 49ers? Dan Quinn is on the ropes as a head coach. The 49ers are the number one overall seed coming off of a huge road victory against the Saints. And Julio Jones makes an improbable catch at the goal line, narrowly gets across for the touchdown. And as a result, the 49ers fall from the one seed all the way back to the five seed. Now, if you're a 49er fan or you are trying to game plan the overall NFC playoff picture, the positive is if the 49ers win out, they still would be the number one overall seed. But this is reflective, I believe, of the ridiculousness that exists right now in the, uh, call, in, the, in, the uh, in the way that the playoff is set up in the NFL. There's nobody and no way that the winner of the Cowboy-Eagles game should be hosting a home playoff game against the loser of the NFC West, whether it is the Seahawks or whether it is the 49ers. You shouldn't be falling from the one to the five seed. The top four teams in the NFL should get, in my opinion, the home playoff games regardless of whether they win the division or not. This is ludicrous that Julio Jones narrowly breaking the plane on that catch with no time left on the clock has somehow taken everything down from a 1 to a 5 for the 49ers. The NFC East doesn't deserve a playoff bid, notwithstanding the good win that we got from the Cowboys. The NFC East certainly doesn't deserve, depending on how things shake out, certainly doesn't deserve to have a home playoff game. This is utterly insane in uh, the grand scheme of things, okay? Those are the three biggest stories, I think, in the NFL from this weekend that just happened. The AFC South won by the Texans. The Bills advanced to the playoffs. The race now between, in the AFC, the Steelers and the Titans. And in the NFC, the race between uh, the, uh, the only game really left, it appears it's going to matter, is the game in Philly this weekend in the NFC East. Bills lock in a playoff bid, and the 49ers fall from one to a five seed. How about Urban Meyer? If you want to be selling something, do you know the best person to be buying? Billionaires. Urban Meyer decided to go watch the Redskins and his old quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, play in Dan Snyder's owner's box while rumors are abundant that he may be Jerry Jones' next target to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. This is next-level negotiation by Urban Meyer. You want billionaires bidding against each other for you to come be their coach. Now, Dan Snyder has been down this road before. If you remember a generation ago, Dan Snyder brought Urban Meyer from the uh, SEC to the NFL, from college football to the NFL, and it didn't work at all. And now Urban Meyer, the word is that maybe teams are scared off in college over his connections and everything associated with that. 
And so as a result, if you sit and look at what, uh, at what might be going on here, if you are going to make a decision, all right, Steve Spurrier back in the day went to the Washington Redskins. If you are going to make a move, what better options do you have than going with a quarterback you already know, Dwayne Askins, and going with a billionaire who's got an open job so that he can overpay you before the Cowboy job comes open? This is a dream scenario if you are selling something to have Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder, two billionaires, rich dudes, going head-to-head trying to get your rights in order for you to come to the NFL. And don't think Urban Meyer's ego might not be at play here, okay? Urban Meyer's ego is powerful. And what has happened since he left the Ohio State Buckeyes? They have gotten better. They've gotten better as a team without Urban Meyer and Greg Schiano. Offense is better. Defense is better. Credit to Urban Meyer for building the talent. But don't think that that's not hitting Urban's ego. He sees Pete Carroll. It's an interesting uh, sort of template to follow. Pete Carroll, remember, left USC in scandal. USC was about to go on probation. All of his dynasty was crumbling around him. He runs to the NFL. He wins a Super Bowl. And almost no one has ever done this. There are three guys who have won a national championship and a Super Bowl. Pete Carroll and then two Dallas Cowboy coach. Barry Switzer and Jimmy Johnson. Urban Meyer could become the fourth coach out there to go, I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl, but that's got to be what he's thinking now, to go from coaching and winning a championship in college to go to the NFL. And oh, by the way, he's going to get at least $10 million in order to do it. If you are Urban Meyer and you really believe in Dwayne Haskins, this is an opportunity that could make a lot of sense. And even if you don't think it makes a lot of sense, this is going to drive up your price if the Cowboys are bidding for you as well because now Jerry Jones knows that Dan Snyder is out there seeking this as well. This is worth paying attention to. Pretty fascinating story. All right, Army-Navy. This fires me up to no end. At Army-Navy this weekend, somebody did the circle game. All right, they were showing college game day live on the field at Army-Navy and somebody behind Reese Davis, maybe a couple of different cadets, went and did this signal, right? It's a circle game. If you do it below your waist, I can't do it below my waist uh, because you can't see below my waist, all right? So they did this. Immediately losers on Twitter, many of the blue checkmark brigade that are perpetually offended, decided that this was racism and this was a white power signal because there was a black cadet in the, in the imagery. This is ludicrous if you actually watch the video. First of all, in order to believe that somebody is doing a white power salute at the freaking uh, Army-Navy game, you have to believe that those cadets are literally two of the dumbest human beings on the planet. Do you know how hard it is to get into West Point or Annapolis to be a cadet or to be a midshipman? These kids are insanely disciplined. They are insanely smart. 99% of college kids couldn't last at either Annapolis or West Point. You have to fight your way into getting one of these scholarships to go to these schools. And you have to be able to do it while staying eligible and doing all of your other academic work 
while also having the discipline to do and be a cadet or a midshipman. There is a 0% chance that this was a white power salute. This is ludicrous, all right? Consider this. There is such a demand for racism in this country that on a regular basis now, especially on social media, left-wing losers manufacture racism like crazy. The Covington Catholic High School kids, Jussie Smollett, Michael Bennett, LeBron James and his uh, racist graffiti. All of these situations, okay, are completely manufactured and blow up as soon as there is a scintilla of investigation around them. Mizzou, uh, Syracuse, almost every single one of these. Miles Garrett just recently claiming that he had a racial slur screamed at him. All of, by uh, Mason Rudolph, all of these stories under investigation immediately blow up and don't exist. And so if you look at all of the evidence in this situation, there is a greater demand for overt racism than actually exists in this country, okay? And so people get triggered. This was the circle game. And let me just take a step back here. We have to stop cancel culture when it is canceling things that people have been using forever. Is there racism in America? Yes. And by the way, it's not all white to black. Some of it is black to white, Asian to Hispanic, Hispanic to Asian. All different sorts of racism moving in all different sorts of directions. The only one the media ever covers, by the way, is white men typically and black uh, victims, right? That's pretty much the only media racism that gets any attention at all. So racism is more complicated and involving more races than the way it actually gets covered, right? But we have to stop this idea that because of some 4chan designed uh, like prank that they played to turn this into the white power sign, we have to stop the idea that because racists use something, it means nobody else should be able to use it. For instance, we saw this this summer. Colin Kaepernick said, oh, we can't use the Betsy Ross flag on a Nike shoe because some white supremacists use it. My argument here is pretty straightforward. White supremacists use the internet. White supremacists drive cars. White supremacists have sex. Are we going to cancel out cars, the internet, and sex because white supremacists use them too? No. White supremacists are humans. They use the word the in their speech. They have laptops. We shouldn't be trying to cancel out things that 99% of people, the okay gesture, the three-point shot, the look at uh, the, 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 the circle game, all of these things are not in any way racist. And so this idea that you allow someone to co-opt a symbol which the vast majority of the country uses in an inoffensive manner is absurd. I mean, again, just take it to the point of satire. Imagine that white supremacists said, hey, we own the word V. Are you going to suddenly stop using the word V in your written and spoken commentary? for fear of sending a message that you are a white supremacist? This is ludicrous. People have lost their minds in this country in a relentless and obsessive quest to try to find racist things. This reminds me, honestly, historically of the Red Scare when all of the uh, hearings were going on surrounding communism in the 1950s and finally a senator said, 
to uh, to, to the, the McCarthy, have you no decency, sir? Like the absurdity that we have reached in terms of trying to scope out all these different inappropriate comments that aren't actually inappropriate or inappropriate symbols. This is where the United States Military Academy and I hope Annapolis as well, the Naval Academy, actually stand up and defend these kids and say they didn't do anything wrong. They were playing a simple circle game where if you see the circle, you get punched in the shoulder like people have been playing in this country for 50 years. I mean, this is utterly insane. Again, have you no decency left-wing losers with check marks on social media you need to get called out and made an example of? All right, a couple of other things. The Patriots. Did you watch the video? Uh, the video is out, and here's what I would say. The videographer, whether the Patriots knew about it or not, was entirely, I believe, in the wrong. All right? If, if your first response when someone approaches you is, oh, I'll delete it. You know that something that was going on that shouldn't have been going on. If you watch that video that they played on Fox that Jay Glazer got, if you watch that video, if you have kids and you walk up to your kids and they're on an iPad or they're on their phone and you look over their shoulder and they immediately say, oh, I'll delete it. If they immediately say, oh, I'll delete it before you even know what is on their screen, you know they shouldn't have been doing whatever they were doing. Now, whether the Patriots' brain trust knew or not, that is the number one sign that you are behaving in an inappropriate fashion if the first thing you say when somebody sees what you're doing is, oh, I will delete it. This is, I think, probably not a very smart dude. First of all, the guy got caught by the Bengals security guard, Paul Blart. I don't know how good Bengals security guards are, But in general, the Bengals are the least competent franchise in the NFL. And I assume that if incompetence starts at the highest order with the ownership and filters all the way down to the bottom, that the Bengals security guards are probably pretty crappy at being security guards too, all right? If you get caught by the Bengals security guards, you are an imbecile, all right? Whether the Patriots' brain trust knew or not, this is an utter indictment of the stupidity of this scout, all right? That is totally unacceptable to get caught like this. But again, if the first thing that you say is, oh, I'll delete it, and that's exactly what happens in the excerpts that we saw that were played on Fox and that are videos out there everywhere, this is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a sign of guilt. Now, how far that guilt extends, I don't know, but that security guard knew He was doing something wrong. He got caught. Somebody just said, I saw it in the comments, with his hand in the cookie jar. And by the way, fining the Patriots here is no great penalty. If you're a billionaire and you get fined, you know what you do? You donate the money to charity and you get praised for donating the money to charity, plus you get a tax write-off. Fining billionaires small sums of money is not going to change behavior. If the Patriots are found to be in any way responsible here, They need to get draft picks or they need to go all the way to the top of the organization and suspend Bill Belichick and send a message that the Patriots can't be on the edge anymore in any of their behavior. All right, finally, uh, John Oran, who writes at the Sports Business Journal, has a prediction column that he writes at the end of every year, and this one's worth paying attention to. 
He says that the SEC's game of the week, plus their conference title game, the SEC on CBS, he believes this year is going to be sold to ABC, and ABC, which is ESPN, which is Disney, is going to pay $300 million a year for the rights to that, those games, and they will be moved from CBS to the AFC. I mean, sorry, to ABC. That is huge, huge money from $55 million to $300 million. Putting that into context, straightforward manner, and I'll do the math for you right here live on uh, the television, that would be over $20 million a year just for the ABC dollars that they would be paying for the SEC on ABC. That is absolutely insane. Massive money, the likes of which we have never seen before. And uh, also Fox, and Disney, ABC, and Comcast, along with CBS, are all going to be bidding. It's going to be an interesting decision for the SEC to make a choice there. Somebody just said there are already games on ABC. There are no SEC games on ABC right now. The SEC's games are on ESPN, ESPN2, the ESPN Network, plus the SEC Network, and they are on CBS. There are zero SEC games right now on ABC. We'll see who ends up winning this, but this would be a massive buy and would fundamentally reallocate resources in the uh, college football landscape. Uh, All right. Love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Show. I appreciate all of you. Kisses. DBAP, unless you want to. SBAP, I got to run over to the Fox Studios early today again because I'm in L.A. The schedule of this show will be a little bit different while I'm in L.A., different than, uh, than in general. Uh, and this is a shout-out to the dearly departed uh, Game of Thrones, Tyrion Lannister. I drink and I know things. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Kisses. See y'all. Have a good Mondays.